If you have your Bible, you can open up to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12 is where we are headed together today. We'll be picking up in verse uh, 28 in just a moment. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And as you're turning there, um, I will just share a little bit of a story, one of the deeply ingrained memories from my childhood is morning announcements at school. Morning announcements at school. Any, any of you have morning announcements at school growing up, right? About five or ten minutes into the school day, a voice would come on over the PA system and say the Pledge of Allegiance, share upcoming school events, and most importantly, tell us what was on the menu for lunch that day. That was the most exciting thing to learn during morning announcements. Every day, these announcements would come on, and, and we'd go through all of this. But before any announcement was spoken, before we even heard the voice, there was always the sound of a long beep. That's how the PA system works, right? It just, there'd just be this long beep, and then we'd all pause and hush. And the voice would begin to speak and tell us whatever it was that we needed to know. And that long beep, right, was, was this way of saying, listen, listen up, right? So we'd all get quiet and, and wait for it to happen. Now, sometimes the beep would unexpectedly sound in the middle of the day. And of course, we'd all pause and, and hush, and then they'd say something like, you know, could so-and-so come to the front office? And, all right, you know, I hope so-and-so's okay. I hope they're not in trouble, I don't know. Or every now and then, um, it would beep, and again, the teacher would stop teaching, we would all be quiet and wait. And then you'd suddenly hear, sorry, that was a mistake, please continue, right? I mean, just this sort of thing would happen. This is how the, the PA system works. But whatever the case, whether regular announcements, a special announcement, or some kind of accident, that long beep was a signal that meant, listen. Listen up. And so, as Terry mentioned at the beginning of our service today, today is the first Sunday in the church season of Lent which as a season is not unlike that long beep at the beginning of the school day. Uh, in fact, one of the Bible passages that is traditionally read on the first day of Lent, Ash Wednesday, comes from Joel chapter 2, which begins, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Declare a holy fast. Call together a sacred assembly. You see, Lent is a season that is meant to grab our attention. Uh, it's, it's meant to, to kind of lead to that moment of hush after that PA system sounds out. It's a, it's a time to listen more closely. And so over the next few weeks, as we journey through this season together, I want to focus on the importance of listening in our spiritual lives. As we follow God and live in the kingdom, we are called to be a people who listen. This is something I want to reflect on together 
over the next few weeks. So today we're going to read an exchange in which Jesus mentions a passage that was much like those daily morning announcements for the Jewish people, for the people of Israel, calling them to listen and calling them to love. So let's read together Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you that you've called us into this season and this invitation to become a listening people. And we thank you that you are a listening God who hears our prayers. And so God, today as we reflect on the words of your scripture together, we ask that you would sharpen our minds and soften our hearts, that we might know you and love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So this passage that we've read, this is a fundamental passage in the Gospels, because it is a place where straight from the mouth of Jesus, we are told this is most important. This is the most important thing, right? In verse 28, the passage opens with a group of people debating with each other. Now, it does not take very much imagination for us to put ourselves in that situation, right? I mean, just look around the world today. Pick literally any topic at all, and it is bound to start a lively, if not deadly, discussion or debate, right? Politics and public health, culture and history, Star Wars or Star Trek. I mean, people will argue about anything. People will debate about anything. People have opinions, right? Strong ones. And you might think that, well, maybe church people are going to be a little bit more peaceful, no way, right? 
right? Historically, the church has been one of the most vocal in arguing and debating the right kind of theology, the right way to worship, on and on it goes. We know how to argue and how to debate. And so amidst this lively debate in our passage, this law teacher comes up to Jesus and says and and asks, hey, what's most important? What's the most important thing? And Jesus actually gives an answer. Jesus actually gives an answer. I mean, there are all kinds of places throughout the gospel where Jesus does not give a straight answer, right? People ask him questions, and he responds with another question, or he responds with a story, and, you know, just got to figure out what that means. But here is a place where Jesus actually gives an answer. What is most important? What does Jesus say? Well, he says, the most important thing is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And while we're at it, the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And so if we wanted to sum this up, we could do it in one word, right? love. But let's take a little closer look, just one part at a time, what Jesus says. You see, the most important thing is love. He, He makes this clear, but Jesus begins by saying this, hear, O Israel, hear, Oh, Israel. Another recent translation actually translates this verse this way. Listen, Israel. Listen up. Listen. The greatest commandment, the most important thing to love begins with listening. The most important thing begins with listening. And so what Jesus says is, we cannot love if we do not listen. We cannot love if we do not listen. And yet, the world has done a really poor job teaching us how to listen. I mean, schools have debate teams that teach students how to win arguments, Right? You can go to college and get a degree in speech or rhetoric and be able to communicate eloquently. Increasingly, the news shows us just one hot take clip after another of people arguing with each other, shouting at each other. Social media is designed to get us to just blurt out whatever we think at the moment and react or comment on whatever someone else has happened to blurt out most recently. I mean, in all directions, we are being taught what to say, not how to listen. We're constantly being told what to say, but never shown how to listen. And as I mentioned earlier, the church has not done much better. Right? We've often been told what to believe about God rather than 
how to be with God. We've been given tracts that have steps laid out so we can share the gospel with people. Instead of developing character that demonstrates the gospel to people. We've been told how to win arguments against atheists instead of learning how to listen to why it is that someone might just be so frustrated about God. You see, we can declare our doctrine we can pass out information. We can even win arguments all day long. But until we listen, we have not loved. Until we listen, we have not loved. If we are not listening first, then we are not following the way of Jesus. We're instead just adapting the way of the world for religious purposes. This is not the way of Jesus. We cannot love if we do not listen. And look, Jesus demonstrates that here in this passage, right? Notice Jesus was not going around yelling at people, hey, listen up, cut it out. You got to love each other. You got to love God, right? What happens in this passage? This law teacher comes up and asks Jesus, Hey, what's most important? And Jesus listens to his question. And then he responds, the most important thing is this. Hear, O Israel, love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, the world tells us that we need to have something to say. But Jesus shows us that we need to begin with listening. We begin by listening. You see, this is actually the very pattern of Jesus' life, right? He didn't begin proclaiming anything until he was about 30 years old. What did he do for those 30 years of relative silence? He listened. He listened, right? He listened to the word of God proclaimed in the synagogue. He listened to his family, his friends, and his neighbors. He listened to the world around him. He listened to God, his Father, in prayer. See, before Jesus said anything, he listened. We see this in the pattern that, that really this season of Lent is patterned after, right? It is a 40-day fast that is modeled after Jesus' own 40-day fast. Before he went off declaring anything about the kingdom of God, he went into the wilderness to listen, to be tested, to be quiet. Jesus begins with listening. This is the way that we are to begin as well. And why was Jesus such a good listener? Why is this the way that he was? Well, the reason is he grew up with this commandment that we've just read before him every day, 
multiple times a day, just like that long beep of the announcements. It's ingrained into my own childhood memory. This command was ingrained into Jesus' own memory. You see, Jesus is quoting here from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. But Deuteronomy goes on to say this. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, when you get up, right? In all things. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the doorframe of your houses and on your gates. See, Jesus would have grown up hearing this and saying this in the morning and again in the evening. Perhaps Mary stitched it onto a tapestry and hung it up in their home. Maybe Joseph, you know, carved it into the doorframe on their front porch. I don't know. Whatever the case, this passage, the greatest commandment, the call to love and to listen, was before the people of Israel at all times, in all places, their whole life, from laying down to getting up, from sitting at home to walking on the road, was meant to be a listening life. God's people are meant to be a listening people. And Jesus affirms this as he responds to the question, what's most important? Well, the most important thing is to listen and to love. We cannot love if we do not listen. This is the way of Jesus. But there are a lot of things that get in the way of our listening, right? And I think the rest of this command, the rest of what Jesus says here, begins to speak into that, begins to set us back on the path of listening and love. So what are the obstacles to our listening? Well, I want to identify at least three this morning that I think these commands speak to. We are not good at listening because we lack attention, we lack depth, and we lack curiosity. We are not good at listening because a lack of attention, a lack of depth, and a lack of curiosity. Or to put it another way, because we are distracted, shallow, and uninterested. And I think that these commands that Jesus uh, points to here challenge every one of these things. So the first one, we don't listen well because we have a lack of attention. You see, when these words that Jesus is quoting were first spoken to Israel, they were monumental. They were world-changing. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. One author wrote that these words were perhaps the most profound theological statement ever heard 
in a world predominantly of polytheism, right? In that day, it was commonly understood that there were many gods. There were all kinds of different gods. There were the gods of Egypt, the gods of the Canaanites, the gods of the Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Perizzites. You get the, the picture, right? Every nation had their gods. And each one of those gods is vying for people's attention. But the nation of Israel has the Lord, our God, who is one. The Lord is one. In a world of much noise and many distractions, Israel was called to draw their attention to the one God, to one Lord. Now, if you know the story, this is something that they struggled with deeply, right? I mean, the call to listen to one God that comes here in Deuteronomy chapter 6 that Jesus is quoting from. But, but man, from that point on, Joshua through Malachi, the people of God are constantly distracted by other gods and other things. And we are no different, right? We are not good at listening because we too are a distracted people, a people who lack attention. Now, we may not be tempted to worship a myriad of gods, but our attention is absolutely pulled in a million directions all the time. I've said it in the past that never before in the history of the world has there been so much information available in so little time, right? I mean, at the tip of your fingers, you have anything you would ever want to know. And those little devices at the tips of our fingers have, have taken a good bit of control over us. In fact, I mean, our brains are bombarded by one thing after another. Recent neuroscience has actually shown that our brains are being reprogrammed, right? We think we've programmed this technology. It is very much working the other way around. We are being programmed by our technology. One author wrote, our brains are automatically branching out to do several tasks at once, right? Sort of splintering our attention making it difficult to focus our attention on any one thing. Our brains seem stuck in continuous partial attention. We're always paying attention to a little bit of everything, which means nothing. In other words, we are actually taking the characteristics of our technology. Our brains are echoing the patterns of social media. Right? So, so short sound bites, quick clips, Constant beeping and buzzing and darting one way and another. Our minds can hardly focus on any more than, uh, on any more information than the amount that shows up in a little notification at the top of our phone. And you all know that those come multiple at a time, right? This is how our brains are being rewired, reprogrammed. A recent study found that over the past 20 years, since the year 2000, the average attention span has dropped from 12 seconds to 8 seconds. And just for context, uh, apparently, uh, goldfish has an attention span of 9 seconds. So right now, we're out-attentioned by goldfish, all right? 
we're not good at listening because we lack attention. Because we're constantly pulled in every direction. But this command, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, pulls us back into center, pulls us back into focus. It calls us to drop our distractions, to focus our attention. It calls us back to being a listening people. Another reason why we're not good at listening is we're not good at listening because of the lack of depth. We lack depth. The great spiritual author, Richard Foster, wrote this. Superficiality is the curse of our age. The doctrine of instant satisfaction is a primary spiritual problem. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. He wrote that over 40 years ago, and it is just as, if not more, true today. We are not good listeners because we lack depth. We're too easily satisfied with shallow routines, mindless entertainment. In fact, I mean, we often just keep ourselves busy because we don't want to go deep, right? We're much, we're, we're much more comfortable skimming the surface. A more recent author, uh, another pastor and writer whose name is Pete Scazzaro, has identified several things that undermine what he refers to as deep discipleship. And one of the things that he identifies is that we emphasize doing for God over being with God. We have had a tendency to emphasize doing for God more than being with God. And he writes about his own experience of this, saying that often being with Jesus to simply enjoy him apart from the purpose of, of serving other people or, or accomplishing something, was a luxury that I felt like I could not afford. And he goes on to reflect, not only was my ability to be with Jesus compromised, but so was my ability to be with myself and with others. Because how can I be in a healthy relationship with others when I wasn't in a healthy relationship with myself. Well, we are often satisfied staying busy, skimming along the surface. This command goes on to say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This calls us to deep, deep living, to going beyond the surface, which means that, that we need to slow down and actually let things settle. It doesn't say do things for God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
It says, love the Lord your God. Right? Now, love does involve action. It it does involve some doing. But we can easily check things off a list without loving. Love is something that comes from the depths. Deep-seated. It flows into the rest of our lives. And notice the repetition over and over again. It says to love the Lord your God, and over and over again, all, 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 all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, right? Not some, not most, all, right? This is a call into the depths of our being, Right? We often just skim along the surface and, and, and just access a little bit, but, but this calls us into the depths. And it's not only uh, one part of ourselves, right? Uh, this command, it does not just speak to emotional experience or spiritual experience, but also intellectual and even physical. Right? It encompasses every single area of our lives every single area of our life. And so if we are going to listen well and love God, we must become a people who are more deeply aware of ourselves, more deeply aware of our own hearts, our own souls, our own minds and bodies. If we are going to be a listening people who love well, we must take time for self-reflection. Who am I? What's going on in my heart? I can only love God with all my heart if I'm paying attention to it. And soul and mind and strength. We cannot listen deeply to others if we have not listened deeply to ourselves. As Pete Scazzaro said, how can I be in a healthy relationship with others when I'm not in a healthy relationship with myself? Wherever you go, there you are, right? And so we got to pay attention. What's going on in, in our hearts? This calls us into deeper living. We're not good at listening because we have lacked depth, but Jesus calls us into these deeper ways of living and being, listening and loving with all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And then finally, we do not listen well because we lack curiosity. Because we have a lack of curiosity. Notice Jesus went ahead and, you know, the guy said, what's the most important? And he says, it's, it's this. And he quotes from Deuteronomy 6. But he says, hey, free bonus. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? This, this listening life that Jesus is calling us into is not just me and God. There are others as well, our neighbors as well. We're called to be curious people, interested in what's going on in the people around us, curious about what is happening with them. One of the books I've been reading as I've been 
kind of preparing for this is, is a book by a journalist named Kate Murphy called You're Not Listening. It's not particularly a, a, a Christian book, but it's very insightful at diagnosing our society and, and noting a lot of things. And there's one uh, theme that just uh, keeps coming up throughout the book. And, and it, is, it is this, one of the primary things that keeps people from listening well, from listening deeply, is assuming we already know. Assuming we already know what the other person is going to say. Assuming that we already know what we think about something. And so we're not curious because we think we already have the answers. And, and you know, she even writes about, in this book, about how a lot of times, well, you know, we, when we're talking to people, I want to be curious. I want to ask questions, right? And so we, we say, well, you know, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do for a living? Where did you grow up? Um, what on and on. And very quickly, what could be a curious conversation turns into a very tense interrogation. There's a difference between asking questions from curiosity that tend to go deep and asking questions for information that just keeps us there along the surface. It's really funny. There's a lot of times that uh, I'll maybe meet up with someone uh, from, from church or someone who's visited or something like that, and, and I'll, I'll come back home and I'll be talking to Caitlin and say, oh yeah, I met up with so-and-so, and she'll ask me some questions. Oh, did they tell you, you know, what, what do they do or, or where are they? I'm like, you know, we didn't talk about that because we really only talked about one thing, but, but we went pretty deep with that one thing, right? I, I hope that we can be people who do this. I hope that I can keep learning how to do this, right? That, that we can be people who don't just gather up information about other people. But when we've learned something, we linger. We become curious. We don't need a bunch of information about people. We want to see and know people. But we've lacked curiosity because we thought we already had the answers. And so... Let us listen more deeply, not only to ourselves, but to others with curiosity, not assuming that we know, no assumptions, but curiosity. These are some of the things that get in the way of our listening, distraction, shallowness, and just lack of curiosity. But this command calls us into the depths. It calls us into focus. It calls us to wonder about the people around us and really care. And so as, as I close, I just want to share with you a, an article that I came across recently about the church uh, that, that I was really moved by. Um, and so the, the author uh, opens up by writing this. He says, I've lost count of the number of Christians who've told me they either stopped attending church or left their church to join another one because they couldn't make any friends. They report that the church people were very friendly. They were hospitable. They were welcoming. But as one person told me, they're nice to you, but no one really becomes a friend. 
And it hurts when all that friendliness leads only to friendlessness. Later on in this article, he identifies a, a few things that, that may be getting in the way of cultivating those kinds of deep relationships, those deep friendships. And one of the things he says is, typically church people aren't very good listeners. We need to become a listening people. In fact, he goes on to say, frankly, I think church people can be so bad at it, they need training. Churches should run workshops and active listening. On and on. My hope is that this is a little bit of what we can enter into over this next season together. That we can be a people who are not satisfied on the surface, but journey to the depths together. That we can be a people who follow this command. Listen, Israel. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. So love the Lord with all the depths of your being and love your neighbors as yourself. May we journey deeply, listen deeply, and grow as a people who listen well. May it be so. Amen.